Glory to God. Well, that's what Psalms 107.20 says. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. So you can expect tonight for healing power of God to flow as the word of God is going forward. God can heal you of things you don't even know you have. Amen. You may have a cyst on your, in your body and not even know it. Praise God. Well, he dissolves cysts. He dissolves tumors. I mean, if he can split the Red Sea, glory to God, he can cause tumors to be dissolved. Amen. Glory to God. He's the God of revival. And he is a God of miracles. And we're expecting nothing less than God's very best in this place. Praise the Lord. Now, there's a couple of things that you want to make sure that you continually feed your spirit along the lines of, number one, you want to continually feed your heart healing scriptures. You know, the Bible talks about hiding his word in your heart, attending to to his word, inclining your ear to his sayings, letting them not depart from before your eyes, keeping them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health and healing to all their flesh. And another area you want to make sure that you continuously feed on is for your provision. Amen? He is our provider. And He is not only the God of miracles in the area of our physical bodies, but He is also the God of miracles in the area of provisional miracles. I mean, He turned the water into wine. And we expect nothing less today than God's very best in this place. But you want to make sure then that you make your, your spirit, that you keep your spirit strong in those areas because the enemy's will is for us to be sick. The enemy's will for us is to be poor. He wants all Christians to be sick so they don't have any energy to do anything for God. And then if they are well and they are healed, he wants them to remain poor so that they can't make an impact. But not us. Not in this place. We're making an impact for the glory of God. Praise God. He's not only our healer, but he is also our provider. Amen. In Exodus 15, 26, one of the last phrases of that verse, he said this, I am the Lord that healeth thee. One translation says, I am the Lord, your healer. I am the Lord that mends you. I am the Lord that cures you. I'm sure glad that he still am. Thank God. Is he your healer? It's important to receive Jesus as your Savior, but don't just stop there in receiving just forgiveness of sins. The healing of your body also is included in your provision. So say with me, the Lord is my healer. Amen. Glory to God. Psalms 103 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all his benefits. Amen. Verse 3 says, Who forgiveth all all thine iniquities and what else I'm sure glad he didn't say some you know if he said some of our sin we'd be in a whole heap of trouble but thank God he forgave us all of our iniquities but at the same time he also healed us of all of our diseases now much of the church doesn't believe that they believe half of that verse I mean, they believe that he forgave them of their iniquities, but oh, all of our diseases? Now, I just don't know because Uncle Sam had something that he died of and we just know that healing doesn't belong to everybody. We don't base our faith on Uncle Sam's experience. Maybe Uncle Sam isn't such a good illustration right now. 
<laughs> but anyway, we, do, we don't base our faith on Uncle Sam or Aunt Betty, right? Amen. Now, healing is not just an add-on. It's not just an add-on benefit that only happens sometimes. It is a very essential part of all that Jesus Christ came to do. He died for our physical healing of our bodies, just as he died for the forgiveness of our sins. The Lord purchased your healing, just as he purchased your forgiveness on the same day in the same body. Amen? So healing then is a done deal. And it's available to whosoever will. We think about that scripture, whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How about this? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord for healing shall be healed. Now, there were doctors of the law gathered together one day in Luke chapter 5. And notice it with me in verse 17. It says, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by. They spent a lot of time in the library which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Okay? Now you'll notice that none of them got healed, but there was one person that did get healed that day. In verse 18, And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling with his couch in the midst before Jesus. They had some roof, roof ripping faith. You know, and if that happened today, they think these, these folks are crazy. Well, everybody needs some crazy friends that'll get you right into the midst of Jesus. Amen. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, now notice this, thy sins, they are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is thee which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answering said unto them, Why reason in your hearts? Whether is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Rise up and walk. Now I want you to note, notice the word easier. He didn't say harder. This isn't a hard thing. This is an easy thing. In other words, it's just as easy for that man to be healed as it is for him to receive forgiveness of sins. Amen. Now the doctors of the law were bewildered by that. They didn't get anything, but thank God that man did. Amen. Which one is easier? It's just as easy to receive healing as it is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. There's no difference. Verse 24, he says, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power upon earth to forgive sins. He said, he spoke the word to the sick of the palsy. I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into your house. Now, as far as we can tell, he didn't lay hands on him. But he spoke the word of God over him. God has a multitude of ways to get healing to people's lives. Sometimes he speaks the word of God. Other times he just raises them up, lifts them up by the laying on of hands. 
And it's the same today. God's got a lot of different methods whereby people can receive healing. Amen. So he said, Now arise, take up thy couch, and go into your house. In verse 25, are you ready to shout? And immediately he rose up before them, and he took up that whereupon he lay, and departed into his own house. What was he doing? He was glorifying God. Notice with me that God got the glory after the man was healed. Now, we don't know. They may have been praising God all the way to the house. We don't know that for sure. But one thing we do know for sure, when the man got healed, he started glorifying God. And God gets all the glory for every healing that takes place among humanity. When people are, are blind and they see, they start glorifying God. When people are lame and they start to walk and leap and praise God, they glorify God. Glorify yourself in this place tonight, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. And one of the major things when it comes to receiving healing is we must overcome walking by sight. We cannot afford to fixate on what we see. We cannot afford to fixate on what we feel. We can't allow our minds to go there. Because if we do allow our minds to go there, life will be miserable. Where all we can think of is the pain, all we can think of is the doctor's report. In 2 Corinthians 4.18, he said this, While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, or they are subject to change, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So instead of fixating on the pain, the pain may be there, it may be real. The doctor's report may, have, may, may be bad, it may be a very, very serious situation. But what's more serious is the report that we have already in Isaiah 53, whose report have you believed? We will re- believe the report of the Lord. And his report don't change. Your body can change. Your feelings can change. But God's word never changes. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. And I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Woo! Glory to God. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. So let us look at those things which never change. When we do, we will truly then be walking by faith and not by sight. It is impossible for me to walk by faith and by sight at the same time. It takes an immense amount of discipline to focus and to stay focused on what he said. But it can be done. It must be done. Because all things are possible to him that believes. Now I think one of the most outstanding examples of walking by faith and not by sight was in the life of Abraham and Sarah. Here is a beautiful picture. So if you would open your Bibles to Romans chapter 4 and we're going to look at verse 16 right through, I'm not sure, but we'll find out. And verse 16 says, Therefore it is of faith. Aren't you glad that you are of faith? Aren't you glad that God has placed world overcoming faith on the inside of you? He said, therefore, it is a faith that it might be by grace. I'm just stopped by to tell you tonight that grace and faith are no respecter of persons. 
The grace of God belongs to all of us and we can access this great grace with our confidence and with our faith in God. Therefore, it is a faith that it might be grace by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that which only is of the law, but to them also which are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So Abraham is known affectionately as the father of faith. He walked in faith. And we have several examples of his obedience and his faith that we can learn from as an example and get the same kind of results that Abraham and Sarah got. Now notice with me, in verse 17, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who calleth those things which be not as though they were. And so we see here that we serve a God who declares the end from the beginning. He calls those things that have not yet manifested as though they were. Amen. Glory to God. Now notice, it goes on to say, He quickens the dead. He is a quickener. He can quicken kidneys. He can quicken pancreases. He can quicken your sinuses. He can quicken your feet. He can quicken your knees. He is a quickener. He can quicken dead relationships. He can quicken everything. <laughs> Hurting pocketbooks is what I was trying to say. So something had to happen. Would you agree in Abraham's body? Some had to take place in Sarah's body. They had to be quickened. And one way that God quickens the dead is by calling those things that be not as though they were. By calling him the father of many nations before he was. By calling her the mother of a multitude before it manifested. Now notice in verse 18. Who against hope? In other words, when all natural hope was gone. Who against hope? Abraham believed in hope. He bypassed wishful thinking and he put his confidence and his expectation in what God had said. The reason why Abraham could have hope and confidently expect the manifestation of becoming the father of many nations is because God's word said it. He said it. And so he had an expectation of it coming to pass. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. When natural hope was gone, he expected anyway. In verse 19 it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, neither yet this deadness when he was about a hundred, think about that, a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but what was he? He was strong, where? In faith, and what did he do? 
He gave glory to God. He did not waver. Abraham was absolutely certain. Because in verse 21 it says this, And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for you also. Say it with me, me too. In other words, whatever God said, me too. What Abraham got, whatever Abraham got, me too. Me too. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe that him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. Amen. So they're in process. They're believing God for something miraculous to take place in their bodies. We see the initial time that God spoke to Abram or Abram in Genesis, the 17th chapter. So I want to visit that for a moment or two. In Genesis 17 and verses 1 through 7, it says, When Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, I am Almighty God. That sends a thrill through my spirit. Almighty God. I am El Shaddai. I am your God and I am more than enough for you. I'm El Shaddai. Now walk before me and be thou perfect and I'm going to make my covenant between me and you and here's what's going to happen. I'm going to multiply thee exceedingly. God is a God of exceedingly. He is a God not of decrease. He is a God of increase. He is a God of rich fulfillment. When we came into the family of God, He put us on a path to the wealthy place. A place of rich fulfillment. And he said to Abram, he said, here I am. I'm El Shaddai. If you'll trust me, if you'll believe me, I'm going to multiply the exceeding, I'm going to multiply you exceedingly. Amen. Now notice the response. And Abraham just fell on his face. I mean, he just fell out. He fell out. And God talked with him saying, as for me, my covenant is with you. And you shall be a father of many nations. Now notice here, this is a very big key in tonight's message. Verse 5, read it with me. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. That's what Romans 4.17 is talking about. God comes along and says to him, Abram, I'm changing your name today because I've already made you a father of many nations. And in verse 6, he said, I will make thee exceeding fruitful. 
I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee, and I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto you and to thy seed after thee. Now there are three very important things that Abraham did. And Abraham was not the only one that had faith, but Sarah also received strength to conceive seed through her faith. That's what Hebrews 11 says. Three things. Number one, he called himself what God called him. Say this with me. Abraham called himself what God called him. When it didn't look like it, when it didn't feel like it, when there was no hope in the natural realm, that in the natural realm it could not be, yet Abraham agreed with God. He probably told Sarah, my name is no longer Abram, I'm the father of many nations. He may have got a hold of his staff and said, no more Abram, call me Abraham. In other words, I'm calling myself what God has called me before I can see the results of what he said. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. If we are to truly imitate God, we must come into agreement with what God said. And so we take what God said, and no matter what our body says, we call ourselves healed. When our body feels weak, we call ourselves strong. When we feel like we can't make it through another day, we call ourselves filled with strength and filled with the joy of the Lord. When our immune system looked like it's going the wrong way, we call our immune system strong. Come on, somebody. When there's arthritis in our back and there's arthritis in our knee, we call our knees healed. We call our back strong. We call our mind clear. We call ourselves living free from fear. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Woo, glory to God. So in my life, I've got to watch my mouth. I got to watch my mouth because walking by sight is so subtle. Is it not? I have discovered that in my life, if I'm really, really going to fulfill the will of God and please God with my faith, I've got to rename some things. I can't be talking about how tired I am. I can't be talking about how this feels that and that feels this. Yes, some of those things are true in the natural realm. But we are not natural beings. We are supernatural beings created in the image and likeness of God. Oh, friends, death and life. I haven't preached for a while, so i got a preach going on here tonight. Death and life. They are in the 
power of your tongue. Believing involves saying. Believing involves calling those things that are not as though they were. And I got a question for you tonight. Is God well able? Oh, absolutely he is. Now look at Genesis 17 now. Notice with me in verse 15. God's not doing something whimsical here. The name change that he gave to Abram and Sarah is connected to their bodies changing. That name change, it's connected to their bodies changing. In Genesis 17, verse 15, I don't know if we have it up there or not, but I'm going to look it up. Glory. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, thy wife, thou shalt not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. Sarah, the mother of of a multitude. Hallelujah. Notice verse 16. Read it with me. And I will bless her. And I will give thee a son also of her. Yeah, I will bless her. And she will be a mother of nations. Kings of people shall be of her. Hallelujah. If God calls Sarai, Sarah, It's Sarah's responsibility to call herself Sarah. If God calls you healed, it's your responsibility to call yourself healed. If God calls you rich, it's your responsibility to call yourself rich. Yeah, but I don't have two nickels to rub together. That doesn't matter. What matters is what thus saith the Lord. God says you're rich. God says I'll give you a full supply. And so it's just getting into agreement with him. Amen. I'm going to call myself what God calls me. Hallelujah. I'm calling my lungs clear. Amen. Now they are clear. But if they weren't clear, I'm going to call them clear. Hallelujah. I'm going to call my kidneys functioning in the perfection that God created them to function. And they are. Well, what are you calling calling them healed? Because they're going to stay that way. Amen? I'm calling my heart, my natural heart, functioning in the perfection to which God created to function. How about this? I'm calling my blood pressure completely normal. Now I went to the doctor the other day, well, the other month, you know, days, months, whatever. And I think I had white coat anxiety or something. And they, they, you know, they did my blood pressure. It was a little high. And they put me on blood pressure medication, but it killed me. I mean, I got so dizzy. I I mean, I could hardly stand up here on... And I just got 
so dizzy. I took my blood pressure one night, and the lower number was 55. And so, ding, I don't need blood pressure medication. So I let my doctor know. She said, get off that right away. Since I got off that blood pressure, my blood pressure has been completely normal. Glory to God. And I'm calling it that way. Amen. How about you? Anybody calling your blood pressure normal? Every day of your life? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Here's another good one. I'm calling my eyesight. I'm calling my... Just call me eagle eye. I'm calling my eyesight normal. How about you? Glory to God. My eyes are not dim. Neither are my natural forces abated. I'm not sure what all that means, but I'll take it. Amen. See, faith calls those things that be not as though they were until they are. Hallelujah. We've done that for, well, about 40 years now over the finances of the church. We have for decades called every need met, every bill paid, with thousands and thousands of dollars left over in the bank to spread the gospel with. And it's manifesting. Amen. Amen. It's a whole lot better than poor-mouthing. Believers are not beggars. We must call it the way God calls it. Back to Romans 4.17. We're going to lay hands on people tonight. For healing in their bodies. As a matter of fact, every Wednesday night now, until further notice, we're going to have a laying of hands service. A laying out of hands for people to be healed. A laying out of hands service for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so, how many of you can hook with me on that? Amen. Glory to God. Say with me, there's a healer in the house. So the first thing Abraham did, Abraham did is he he called himself what God called him. Romans 4.17 once again. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him who believed God, even God who calls those things that be not as though they were. The second thing that he did is he considered not his body which was about dead. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He considered not the natural, but he considered what God has said. That's not something that we should take lightly. The word consider means to think about. It means to focus. Abraham focused on and considered what God had said to him, not his body. He had heard from the Lord, had he not? In Hebrews, it tells us that we are to consider Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of our confession. Jesus 
is the Word of God. So when it tells us to consider Jesus, we could just as easily say, we are to consider Jesus and His words. His words are spirit, and His words are life. His word is addressed to our spirit man. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God's word is spirit. It is addressed to your spirit. And when you expose yourself to his word, your spirit man gets nourished up and become strong in the words of faith. And it's from this inner man, it's from your spirit man that you believe God. I don't believe God with my body. My body lies to me. Does yours? I don't believe God with my mind. My mind will tell me all sorts of goofy things. You and I believe God with our inner man, with our spirit man. And God's word is spiritual food for your inner man. And when you receive that spiritual food in your inner man, then out of the abundance of the overflow of the life of God in you, out of that abundance, it begins to flow into every area of your life. Healing does not start from the outside. Healing starts on the inside. Aren't you glad you got someone on the inside and he's working on the outside? Aren't you glad you got the Word of God on the inside and it's working on the outside? Woo, hallelujah. It's working and it's changing every molecule in your body. It's changing your heart. It's changing your mind. It is causing you to walk in the supernatural power of Almighty God. Don't you think about dying. Don't you think about giving up. We got too much life to live. We got too many laps yet to run. We got too much more to do. We must live and we must rejoice in the Lord our God because Jesus is Lord and He's coming soon and He needs us to be strong in Him. Hallelujah. The strong spirit of a man will sustain you in difficult times. The strong spirit of a man will sustain you in a time of infirmity. The strong spirit of a man will sustain you in a time of testing and trials. It is the strong spirit of man that's nourished up in the words of faith that will see you through the dark hour and take you to the other side of your test. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give him praise tonight. Glory to God. So don't take it lightly on a Wednesday night what happens in this place. I don't care if there's 30 people or 40 people here. We are in revival right now. In the name of Jesus. Glory to God.
He considered what God had said. He looked at it. He thought about it. He focused on it and refused to be moved. The pull to walk by sight, as I said earlier, is extremely subtle. The only basis for faith in God is on what he had said. Many people are talking faith, but they're not walking in faith. Many are talking faith, but are walking by sight. You can't see your healing looking at the symptoms. You can't see your provision looking at the bills. Peter could not walk on the water looking at the waves. Amen. And here's where a lot of people miss it. A lot of people want to feel it before they believe it. Well, when so-and-so laid his hands on you, did you receive? Well, I'll let you know if I feel like it. Jesus did not say in Mark eleven twenty four, what things soever you desire, feel like you've received it. He said, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. Take it by faith. Believe you receive, and you shall have them. Did you know that your symptoms leaving your body is not a sign that you've received your healing? It's the result of it, but it's not a sign. I know people that have received their healing maybe a month or two ago, and just now the manifestation happened. So what do you do then in between the time that you've been prayed for? What do you do between the time of the amen, the here it is? You just stay in faith. You don't consider it, and you consider what God had said. Amen. Verse 20 and 21, let's read together. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. The third thing that Abraham did is he gave glory to God. You can get results calling yourself what God called you. You can get great results by considering what he said. And you can get great results by giving glory to God. Amen. Well, that's my message tonight. Let's all stand up. Let's lift up our hands right now. And let's give God glory.